Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Alan's here with me. We're going to go through his 12 stupid things that mess up the holidays. How's it going, Alan? Well, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Hanukkah, and Quonset, and we can just throw everybody in this. You know, you'll see when we talk about these things that all of these things are based on expectations. And those of you that have been following Tom and I and, and Patrick for a while now know that expectations can be the bane of our existence. Uh, in fact, one of our listeners, Susie, she sent me a quote from Shakespeare. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Shakespeare says, expectation is the root of all heartache. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Expectation is the root. That's what we've been talking about. You know, so obviously this has been an issue that all, you know, that we have struggled with for many, many, many centuries. You know, I think as soon as there was civilization, and maybe even before that, there were expectations. To be able to appreciate a person or to be able to appreciate a thing as it is without wetting it to this um, yeah. this kind of need that we... Yeah, yeah the should-bes, the supposed-to-bes, yeah. the, the emotional dependency. I mean, all of these things are really things that that really make life and living life are really a, a difficult proposition. Can I ask you what inspired? Uh, I mean, like, where were you when you were putting this uh, list together? Because it's pretty solid. I mean, as we'll, well see. Well, you know, it's evolved. You know, I forgot. I think I first did this about 10 years ago. Because, you know, I like to play around with 12 things. Obviously, I read five books that are started with 12 stupid things, 12 smart things, 12 more stupid things, 12 rewards. You know, it's a good number. I, it's a good number. It's a good number. Um, you know, I just thought that, my God, the, the holidays are really a time when some of these things can really be highlighted. It's, it's almost like you take highlighting ink and throwing on these issues and they become so obvious, so paramount, so, so brought to the foreground because of the time of year. Because this time of year is so replete with expectations. You know, it's fused with things should be a certain way. The shoulds and supposed tos are amplified during these holiday seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, what do you think about, like, it's really just another day that that's a way to look at it. And I think that there, because we wait these days with so much um, baggage that, uh, you know, the things can take on kind of like a, a proportion that can be harmful at times. Well, yeah, I, I think people try to deal with the expectations by saying it's like any other day. But that just means that we bring all the other crap we do every other day into this. Day. <laughs> yeah. So I, I still think that 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 this is an opportunity. And you've heard me say, Pat, this, Patrick, so many times is trouble doesn't mean something's wrong. You know, trouble means that there's something right, which means that it's time to take a look at what's disturbing you, what's going on. And herein lies, I think, the opportunity that even the struggle, the pain, the frustration, the disappointment that we may experience during this time of year can also be very helpful in us gaining more awareness of ourselves and what's going on. Uh, I know for me, I was, 
you know, I always had a lot of expectation about this time of year. It was a time for family celebration. And for a long time, all of those needs were met, you know, and then things happened, life changed. And now, you know, disappointment replaced all of that excitement. And that, you know, and one of the things I saw is that I had such a hard time accepting that change. Now, today, I've worked through. I'm still grieving with the loss I had the day after Christmas with my dad's death. And it's still now becoming more and more aware of how it's impacted my life and, and the way I've lived my life. And so I, by doing that, by really letting myself feel the feelings that I had back then, face these issues that have gone on, some of that excitement comes back, especially with my two little girls you know, Cece and Maddie and and my grandchildren, I just love the sparkle in their eye mm -hmm. when they talk about Christmas. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how many more days, Dad? How many more days till Christmas? And you could just hear the joy and excitement. And, you know, Maddie said to me the other day, I just don't get how Santa is going to fit through our chimney. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's now moving it, you know, closer and closer to that day where innocence is lost. And Santa doesn't come down this chimney. It's daddy and mommy. Well, you know, I hear that, that he's on keto now. He's on a special well, diet. So then so he might make it down our chimney. You've seen our chimney back. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was different in the old days, but now they've got all these diets. That's true. And, he's you know, working Santa out. He's, he's got a Peloton membership, so he's probably spinning a lot. Yeah, he's shredded. He's shredded, man. He's like, now it's very different Santa Claus. He looks more like E-Man. <laughs> Um, well, I'm let's, glad, let's, I'm glad you stayed the co the course, by the yeah. way. I'm, I'm glad that you didn't give up on the holidays because they uh, were shitty at one point. They, I didn't. And I, I think the one thing I can say about my life is that I, 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 I think I'm really blessed to have an ability to, to suffer greatly and still find a way back from that suffering. And so I'm very grateful for that. And I hope I can help some people in their lives do the same thing. I'm sure you can. Right on, man. Well, uh, let's go. Uh, let's start with number one. Uh, take this holiday season. Okay, now these are the 12 stupid things that mess up the holidays. So we're going to start with the negative and then, um, you know, expand a bit on uh, the uh, cure for that uh, negative. So number one is take this holiday season as an opportunity to point out the character defects or shortcomings a family or friends, since they will give you ample opportunities during the holidays to do so. Well, this is a time, right? Where if I want everything my way, my God, that's going to show up when I've got 20 people at the house. I mean, so our character defects are really going to get highlighted during this time of year. Now, there will be a lot of opportunity because of this to be able to point out something, you know, You've never gotten over that selfishness, have you? <laughs> you still want everything your way. I mean, there's going to be plenty of moments, you know, when you're with family like that, stuff like this is going to come up. But look, you, you got to ask yourself the question that, and I love what Alanon says, does this need to be said? You know, do I need to say it? Do I need to be the one to say it doesn't need to be said now? You know, a lot of times I think that, that it's not going to do any good. You can be aware that you're reacting to this because I think a lot of times they're trying to point these things out to other people in hopes that they're going to change. 
Well, I've never seen anybody change by being criticized. It's not going to happen. See, that's part of the fantasy stuff. Well, if I point out, you know, how selfish you are, you're going to automatically, magically, Santa's going to bring you a selfless, I mean, mm -hmm. character. No, it's not going to happen. So the cure to this is keep quiet about the problems or shortcomings of other. Now, this is especially true when you know you're right. Mm. When you know you're right, please keep quiet about it. It's not going to do any good to point this out. You are not going to change anybody else. Now, we'll talk about it in the future. But the way that, you know, in a relationship, we don't try to change the other person's. But sometimes we stir them towards it through our probity, through our honesty. But we could talk about that more at another time. But this holiday season, don't try to change anybody. And if you see that, you see a character defect, be quiet about it. You don't need to point it out to them. It's right. not yeah. any good anyway. And I love that you uh, underline, especially when you know you're right. And the way I look at it is give you're you're almost giving the other person whatever this person is you have a qualm with or you know that you're uh you can't not you can't look away from their character defect you're almost like by holding your tongue you're giving them an opportunity to grow into a more positive projection that they may be capable of or maybe that you haven't even seen yet but that won't be possible if you're just sniping right on right on man all right so number right. two expecting this year to be different than any other Wow, that's such an, a strong expectation. You know, it's it's part of our hopeful our hopefulness, right? We we hope that things are somehow going to magically change. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with with you know hoping things are going to change, but if you invest in it, you know, if you what do we say? You can make plans but not plan the results. You can hope that things are going to be different, but if nobody's done anything to create a different possibility, it's not going to change. Now, what I would tell someone is focus this on yourself. Instead of expecting the other people in your life to be different, right? Focus on seeing whether you've changed or not and thinking about ways that you can change. So this might go back to number one. This year, instead of criticizing other people, try not to criticize anyone. As I said to you before, I've seen people criticize people as a strategy to get them to be different, and it never works. The only thing it does is it creates defensiveness. It creates quibbling, an argument, confrontation, those kinds of things. But it doesn't create change. You know, what creates change, like I said, is talking to someone about, you know, your pain about what's going on and letting them take a look at what they want to do with that with their contribution to that but we'll get into that some more maybe that'll be our next pod podcast together patrick i would love that so number three um lose yourself in making everyone else happy yeah so this is very common man it's it's this self-erasing solution is that my job is is to make sure everybody has a wonderful time of year and if I do that, then I will be happy. And look, there's nothing wrong with wanting to serve other people and 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 contribute to their happiness and 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 trying to do things that would that would touch them in in a meaningful way. But if that's the only thing you do, 
and you aren't also paying attention to what you need and what you want, then things are out of balance. You know, remember, one of the ways that Bill defined emotional sobriety, he called it real maturity and balance, Mm. which is a balance between our desire to please and our desire to take care of ourselves. They're both okay. It doesn't have to be either or. It becomes either or when we're undifferentiated. Then I'm either pleasing you or saying, screw you, I'm going to take care of me. It doesn't have to be that way. We can be right in the middle of that where I can attend to what's important to you, but also keep myself in the picture and try to find a path where I'm going to be able to honor both sides of myself. This really makes me think of my mom, you know, just the kind of people pleasing architect of a lot of my early Thanksgivings and Christmases. And, you know, what what I'd say to the moms out there or, you know, the dads or whoever may be, um, you know, appointing themselves responsible for, uh, you know, everybody's happiness at the table, make sure you carve out um, time for yourself, uh, you know, uh, desserts for yourself, whatever it is that, uh, <laughs> that'll oh, bring I like, you. I like you. I like you got the desserts in there. Yeah. You get, you can't forget the desserts. Oh, so. You know what? I, you know what? I had a little, a few bites of, I'm really trying to lose some weight here. So I'm, I'm really, um, you know, being very, very careful about what I eat, but I had a little slice of pie tonight. And it was a strawberry rhubarb pie. That's one of my favorites. Oh, oh, it's one of mine. Strawberry rhubarb. Well, I'm glad. See, if you're if you're having a little dessert, I'm glad you're not um, you're not settling for second best. You're just going for the top that was, drawer. That was good. That was very good. <laughs> All, right, All right. Number four. Number four. Swallow whole and uncritically for uh, your family or someone else's notion of what this time of year is supposed to mean. Well, this is this is what we call an interjection is we take on somebody else's idea. And that's a common thing when we do as children. You know, we need to interject, you know, a lot of things and we'll interject good things and things that aren't so that are toxic for us. We're going to interject things that also can nourish us. But at some point in time, it's really important to just stop and be thoughtful about what does this time of year mean to you? How, what do you want to create? What kind of a traditionism would you like to have? Now, you may choose to continue on some traditions that your family has had. You may want to, you know, create another twist to it. But it's so important to keep yourself in. You know, remember what I say all the time is when you have trouble, add more self. And I give you the same advice during this holiday season. When you start to think about what this means, include yourself. Yeah. Think about what's important to you, what you want to create in it, how you want to spend this time, what you want to say to people to let them know what they mean to you. I think that that's the important thing. And look, you know, it's so interesting when when we get lost in these notions of what it's supposed to be. I know a lot of families have this idea that it's supposed to be perfect. We got to set the table. We got to use the best silverware and everything has its place, right? And it's got to look pristine. And if it's out of place, we get mad at people. Well, I would suggest you're missing the whole point. It's about people, not about things. Mm -hmm. It's about who people are and what they mean to you. Not about looking perfectly. 
And so please don't get lost in these ideas. You know, keep yourself in. That's my advice to you. I love when you say um, your family or someone else's notion. And for me, that can include just the cultural notion of what the right. holiday, you know, you know, the kind of like a hallmark vision of what hallmark you know. vision, you're a religion, a religious, you know, vision, you know, idea of what it's supposed to be. And you, like I said, you may incorporate some of that, but give it your own personal twist. Yeah, I love that. All right. So uh, number five, expect others to know what you want or need and to satisfy your every desire. Oh, yeah. This is a very, we call it the mind reading problem. Is that we have this idea that if someone really loves you and knows you, they're going to know what you want before you, and you won't have to ask them for it. And look, sometimes that happens. And when it does, enjoy it. If somebody sees you that way, it can meet you that way. But when it becomes an expectation, you're going to get very disappointed because, you know, most people are thinking about themselves, not about you. That's the problem here. Even if they say they're thinking about you, they're thinking about pleasing you, which is doing what they think they must should do to please you. Doesn't mean they're thinking about you. So we got to be very careful with this thing it is the cure for this. Right. And I really love this is to accept personal responsibility for asking for what you want and getting your needs met. You see, Dr. Nathaniel Brandon, who's a brilliant psychologist. If you're coming to the Thursday night meetings, you know that we're talking a lot about him and, and his concept of self-esteem and how the steps help us, you know, create and develop a real authentic self-esteem that's grounded in humility. But one of the things he says is that is that healthy self-esteem is founded on the idea that no one is here to take care of me. Now, this is as an adult. I'm not talking about children now. You know, of course, children need to be taken care of. But as an adult, no one is here to take care of me. It's my job to show up for myself and to ask for what I want and what I know to be true. You know, we used to say that assertiveness, saying no was the most difficult thing for people. The truth was that we were wrong about that. It's saying what you want is the most difficult thing. No is a specific want, right? But it's really, really saying what you want. So this is a great time of year to start practicing that. I was going to say, I need help with that, not just on the holidays. That's just in general, asking for what I want is a problem. We all do, man. We all do. And this next one's going to be a specific example of that. What's number six, Patrick? Accept gifts or help that are not given with an open hand. Right. So a lot of times people give the gifts that they think that they should give you instead of thinking about the gift that you want. And um, or people give you a gift because they feel obligated. You know, we'll talk about this later, getting thank you for nothing, darling gifts. That's the first thing I talked about. <laughs> yeah. But this this one is, is where somebody gives you something because they should, not because they really want to. Well, if you really think about it, I don't want somebody to give me something because they should do it. If they want to, that's great. I can enjoy it. If they don't, that's okay. I don't need people to do things for me to be okay. Give me things for me to be okay. My being okay depends on what I do, not what they do. So we got to keep this in mind. You know, don't accept those things. Don't, you know, if somebody starts to say, all right, well, I guess I got to get you this. No, you don't. You don't have to do anything. If you want to do it, fine. 
but don't do it if you don't want to. It's okay with me. I don't need you to do it that way. That could be a really wonderful starting place, I think. If if there's a, if there's something kind of like screwy about that dynamic between, you know, family members or partners, you know, if you just start with like no uh, obligation. Yeah, that's true. We could get there, man. We could have much better relationships. I hope so. <laughs> you know, the way that the way that Dr. Greenwald says it, he says, you know, think of a should free relationship. You know, a relationship where no shoulds are supposed to exist. What would that be like? Try to imagine that. If you're listening to this podcast, try to imagine that. If you just didn't have any shoulds in your relationship and it was should free. Now, some people walk and say, oh my God, that would create anarchy. Nobody would do anything. Well, no, <laughs> people would just do things they want to do. Hmm. Not that they feel they have to. And our, we would all be so much happier if we lived like that. I think so too. Number seven. Deny or resist feelings from your past or current situations that are triggered or surface, such as resentments, grief, or disappointments. Well, I, I made a, a, a doctoral degree out of that. I mean, my God, I didn't deal with the pain of what happened the day after Christmas for almost seven or eight years. And, you know, I believe it was one of the things that facilitated my alcoholism, my running headlong into becoming an alcoholic, because when I drank or used, then it didn't matter that I had all these feelings that I didn't know what to do with. I had a sense of personal freedom. And that's why I think that emotional sobriety is so powerful for those of us in recovery as it is for anybody. Because when I experience this personal freedom, then I don't have to do other things to be free. I can be free that comes from a, a way of living, not from a, a drug I'm using. Yeah. Not from you know, some other experience I'm creating, like gambling or acting out sexually or whatever it is. So this becomes, I think, a very important thing is to be open to what you're experiencing. And if you're experiencing some pain or trauma, get some help to deal with it. You know, pain, this trauma is need. We need some outside help to deal with that. And I think my recovery is as strong as it is today because I didn't just go to meetings. I, meetings are incredibly important and the AA program has saved my life. But it also, my program has also been really helped by the many, many therapists that I've worked with that have really helped me dealing with a lot of my pain and disappointment, which I'm still doing today to this very day. I'm in psychotherapy now. So I really urge you to not run away from these things. Start to learn how to cope with them because life, this is one guarantee I will give you. Life will give you many opportunities to be, to be in pain, to be disappointed, to struggle with grief, to develop a resentment. And the quicker we can learn to deal with these things and cope with them, the quicker we're going to be able to realize the promises and gift of emotional sobriety, which is freedom. Right on. And, you know, this um, probably ties back to some of the earlier items on this list. But um, if you if you find yourself needing to stuff a lot of things in order to, like, quote unquote, do the holidays, then do a different kind of holiday. You might you may just need to do a different kind of holiday. You may need to step away at some point And, you maybe know, that or maybe learn how to deal with the Patrick. See, that's what I keep seeing. 
you know, we don't want to, we don't want to advise avoidance, but like right. you're saying, but, but doing what you can do, if that's the best you can do, that's okay. Maybe that's better than keeping your feet in the fire. But I think that there's ways, there's ways that you can cope with these things. Right. And please give yourself a chance to discover it. Maybe this Christmas, give yourself a gift of seeing a psychotherapist. That's beautiful advice. I agree 100%. You know what I was saying? Don't stuff turkeys. Or you can <laughs> stuff turkeys, but don't stuff yourself. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of experience with both. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So All right. Well. So uh, number eight, keep yourself in a state of perpetual motion. Well, this is a talk about avoidance strategy. This is the thing that that I've seen many, many times in my own life and other people's lives is they get so busy and they're constantly going, going, going. And what they're doing is if, you know, when I've had people that are in this state of mind, if I ask them to just sit, you know, while they're in my office, calm themselves down, slow down, take a few depth breaths. A lot of times, those people that are just going all the time in a perpetual state of motion, they break down and start to cry because they start to get in touch with all the feelings they're avoiding by, by running themselves like an ever-ready bite. Yeah. Just slow down. Just slow down. You know, give yourself a chance to see what might surface for you. Give yourself a chance to enjoy what you're experiencing. Sometimes people stay in such a state of perpetual motion that while the holiday is going, they miss the whole spirit of it. So if we slow down, we can start absorbing, taking in what's going on, not just running through it. You know, I, uh, I'm, I don't practice this half as well as I, uh, as I think I might need to, but breathe. People say to breathe, that's, that's don't forget right. to breathe. Yep. As you heard me say many times, breathing is our first active differentiation. Right on. Nine, expect your family to be more than they are, hoping this magical time of year will make them different. Well, this is this is that that wish that comes from trauma and from having an experience where your self, your emotional security is threatened or your self-acceptance is threatened. We will then imagine a future that's going to reverse the experiences of the past. I can't tell you how many people have had, let's say, a very, very painful relationship with an abusive father, thinking that, my God, now that they're getting older, maybe they're going to see the light. Well, sometimes that happens, but not always. See, it's more important for you to see the light than for them to see the light. And you're going to hear that theme go over and over again. What we expect and hope for from others, we can give ourselves. That then unhooks them from our expectation and unhooks us from their behavior. And that's the important thing to be able to grow yourselves along these lines of, of emotional sobriety, which we can think of as emotional autonomy. The more autonomy you can achieve, the more emotional sobriety you achieve. This is what gave me hope in early recovery. And I've try to work it to this day is that unhooking starting from uh from the inside out i suppose well you know one of the things that i think helps too is that when things happen if you say of course this is going on like this it will help you get grounded in the reality of things so saying of course means that you're now accepting things as they are not as you fantasize that you need them to be number 10 
believing that family problems indicate that something is wrong. Yeah, boy, this is a drum I've been beating for a long time, right? You know, problems do not mean something is wrong. This is a, that means something is right. Uh, you know, relationships will bring up those areas where we need to further our development, further our growth, further our maturity. So every time there's a, a problem, this is an opportunity for you. <coughs> opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you to grow yourself into what you can be. And so this becomes a very, very important thing. So problems are a natural occurrence in families, and they indicate that something is right, not that something is wrong. As I've said before, you know, these kinds of situations, families are wonderful at growing people. So we got to think of our relationships as people growers, right? That's what they do. They grow us into what we can be. Well, this has helped me so much. Um, and I know that it's something I'll take with me in the holidays, but it's helped me in some recent issues I've had in my relationship. Um, I, this mentality has encouraged me to work harder, to not to not be discouraged by the problems, by the mistakes, but to try and... Um, Use them as stepping stones towards a potential better Patrick, I right. guess. There you go. Right on. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 11. Give thank you for nothing, darling, gifts. <laughs> and expect gratitude or, on the other hand, graciously accept thank you for nothing, darling, gifts. Yeah. Well, thank you for nothing, darling, gift is is a, giving somebody a gift that they don't want. <laughs> I mean, it's like, my God. I remember that this one client I was working with. Um, they were married and her husband said to her, come on outside, honey. And you know, that Lexus commercial with the bow on the car. Oh yeah. Well, he had a bow on a station wagon for her and it was a nice day. It was a Mercedes station wagon, a beautiful mm. car, right? Well, she wanted a BMW, you know, five series sedan, not a station wagon. Now, most people would say, well, my God, you should be grateful for what you've got. Well, maybe, but maybe yeah, well, it is what it is. Well, yeah, like that stuff. But, you know, in this situation, it just it just reflected a serious problem that they had in a relationship that her husband would give him her things that he wanted her to have, not things that she wanted to have. And that's a real problem is we've got to find a way to get tuned into the person we're with, attuned to the person we're with. And try to meet them where they're at, not where we would like them to be. That requires you to set aside your ideas on, on what they should like and really listen to who they are. You know, this is a wonderful way to make your relationship more personal, is to really think about who they are. Yeah, it's... um. Because what is a gift if, you know, if you're just projecting a thing onto them rather than just. That's it, man. It's not. Yeah. It's not a gift. Then it's same thing as if if you do that to someone else, it's no good. Mm -hmm. So really pay attention to this. This is a time of year you can really make things more personal. Love it. Um, Twelve. OK, we're getting close to the end. Uh, accept uncritically someone else's notion of God. Yeah. Yeah. This is really important. Um we, we talk all the time about including yourself in your life. And, you know, God is very important for a lot of us in the program or a higher power of some kind. Um, even for agnostics, it's just a certain belief 
you know, in in self-actualization of this or this or the spirit of mankind, whatever it is. But don't take somebody else's idea of these things. Make it personal. You know, even the Bible, you know, every example of somebody's relationship with God that is really working is because their relationship with God is personal. When it becomes personal, then it's going to have more meaning in your life. If it's just something you've swallowed whole and you're doing it because this is what you've been told to believe, it's not going to work for you. It's going to be empty. So take this time to really, really chew up whatever notion you have and see if it fits what you really, truly believe. You know, this makes me think about um, figuring out what you want. Well, it does. And you you know, said I, well, it's that. And it's also giving yourself a gift. Give yourself the gift of you this year, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best gift you can give. Well, you have a bonus here, and uh, yes. I, really I really love this one. This is uh, the Baker's Dozen bonus. Expect that this year you will not be disappointed. Yeah. Well, I think we all run away from this. This is the, the phobia we all have is that somehow you're supposed to live life without ever being disappointed. I think we put that expectation of ourselves because we don't know how to handle it. So we hope that it's never going to happen. But I'd much rather you accept and embrace your disappointment and let it guide you towards letting go of illusions so you can get aligned with the reality of what life is really about. You know, once again, this can be another gift that you give yourself is the ability to learn how to cope with life as it is, not as you'd like it to be. That's the game. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. And um, Tom and I will see you next week. Sounds good. I'm going to go clean up some puke. <laughs> All right, have some fun with that. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Tend your life. Tend your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories Bring your story back to me.